Hey guys, welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're single, married, dating, or in a relationship, we are here to give you the tools to succeed. And on today's show, we welcome Dr. John Amadeo. And Dr. Amadeo has been a licensed marriage and family therapist for over 35 years in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he's the author of three books on relationships. And Dr. John has a ton of awesome information for you guys today where we talk about integrating emotional awareness and authentic relating into a relationship. So what does that mean? That means a lot of things, but one of the big things we talk about is getting in touch with our feelings and focusing, slowing down in order to improve yourself and improve the relationship. And one of the things that Dr. John talks about is mature love versus young love and really pay attention to that because I think a lot of us can get stuck in a young love mindset and he uses some examples. Young love is basically like immature love and it's saying I can't live without you or I'm blinded by the light when we're together and all these grand things that we see in the movies and we hear in the songs. But guess what? Unfortunately, that's not the reality of relationships. And that's okay. And that's, we're not here to tell you that in a negative way. We're here to tell you that because that's the reality. And some of you already know that because it's smacked in the face a few times. But it's important to understand that and get the tools to navigate towards mature love. And another one of his examples to describe young love versus mature love was love is enough, but really love is just a good start. And it's so true because relationships take so much work and that's why we're here to help you guys. And that's why Chase and I are also on this journey because sometimes love isn't enough and you really have to work hard to nurture a relationship and have mature love. As always, we really appreciate you guys for listening, leaving us reviews on iTunes, subscribing on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and sending us messages. We always love to see the reviews, the emails that tell tell us that we are here doing doing the work that we're setting out to do. We have this podcast to help our relationship is really why we started it. We said, hey, the very least we get some free Uh, marriage counseling and now we've been able to reach people all over the world so it's nice to know and hear that we are making a difference through the interviews with our guests and and they're really the stars of the show we're here just getting the advice just like you guys so thanks for listening enjoy today's show Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Sure. Very welcome. 
Good to be here. We've given our listeners a little overview, so why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Yeah, well, I've been a marriage and family therapist for 37 years now, and I've always needed to learn about how to have a healthy relationship myself, so it's kind of been a dual path of my own personal growth and helping people find the richness and the aliveness and the beauty in that's possible through intimate relationships and close friendships. You know, it's the most important part of our life, really, just the, the most fulfilling part of my life, certainly, and I think for most people. But people don't get the skills or the training or the education about how to have healthy relationships. So I figured I might as well write a few books about it and try to be helpful. We love that. And that's why we love doing this podcast so much is to talk to experts like you, get the information for ourselves, for our own relationship, and then give that to all of our listeners. And it's so true that we are not educated on relating uh, nearly enough, at least in seems like in, in Western society and, and probably in a lot of places um, that it's such an important part of our lives. But so many other things seem to come first, uh, definitely in formal education. Uh, so we love to have people like you doing the good work, putting out books and information, working with couples and sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. The focus often is on career and being successful in business or in the world, financially successful. But that's not going to happen as easily if our relationships are floundering. You know, if we get enriched by our intimate relationships, it helps everything in our life. So, yeah, that's and we need to learn about how to contact our feelings, how to communicate our feelings and our needs in a responsible and effective way. And it's, uh, it's easier said than done. It, it's so true. Definitely easier said than done. And the more tools you have to tackle the problems that you're going to face, the, the easier it's going to be. But it always takes work. And on today's episode, we're going to zero in and talk about a really valuable uh, thing for, for our listeners and, and for us is integrating emotional awareness and authentic relating into our lives and into our relationships in spirituality. So why don't we jump in and have you tell us and our listeners what emotional awareness in authentic relating is and maybe define that and then we can go from there. Well, yeah, so my book is called The Authentic Heart, one of my books, um, and it's about how to develop mature love in our life. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us grow up with this young view of love where somebody's going to rescue us. It's their responsibility to make us happy. So authentic relating is speaking from the heart, connecting with our, staying in our body, kind of getting out of our heads and all of our ideas and getting out of our trying to be perfect to make other people perfect. It's honoring our vulnerability. It's honoring our longing for connection, for love, for intimacy, for contact, for being understood, for being respected learning how to communicate from our vulnerable heart. And, and that takes a lot of courage. It takes courage to be authentic. It's easier said than done. It takes slowing down, pausing. We're, often we're all so busy in our lives, working and trying to make a living. So it takes slowing down, pausing, just taking a breath, going inside. Oh, gee, what am I feeling right now? What, am I feeling sad about some interaction we had or angry or afraid or did some shame get activated in me that I you know, want to talk about and express that 
So it, it, it takes a lot of awareness. It takes mindfulness and it takes courage. It takes really those two things, being aware and taking the risk to make a fool of ourselves or to say something that's kind of vulnerable. We might be laughed at or, or disrespected if we say it, but, but there's a good chance that we'll also be accepted and appreciated for being vulnerable. I think it's so important now more than any other time to learn how to be authentic and to practice authentic relating because we're bombarded with, with media and, and social media and movies and, and all of these things that paint this picture in culture in general of, of what a relationship is supposed to look like. And, and it just clouds our minds with, with, ideas of of how things should work and it's not the reality and so to me with what you just described it's cutting through all of that and and being able to get in touch with yourself and understand what it is that you really want in your relationship or if you're single the relationship that you're seeking right yeah exactly we get all these distorted views from all the music all the movies it's um, it's very destructive, and we don't have many good role models for how to have a health, what a healthy relationship looks like. I mean, you know, there are some movies that portray it, but very few that portray it. You know, what is it like to have a real healthy, mature relationship? And it is, like you said, it's it's hard work. It takes it's the work of being aware. You know, the work of noticing what's happening inside of us when we when we're hurt by something that our partner or our friend says something hurtful. So, you know, that really, that really hurt to, to hear you say that. Or, you know, when you said you were going to call and didn't call, I felt sad. I felt hurt. And I was missing you. And, and speaking in a vulnerable way, speaking from our hearts, speaking what we, what we want, what we like, what we need. What would be the first step for us and our listeners to improve emotional awareness? Well, I think the first thing is to have the intention to be aware of your feelings the next thing would be to slow down, pause. I mean, meditation can be a helpful adjunct to this, some kind of mindfulness practice. But you can just or do just some deep breathing or do some yoga, do something that really helps you relax. Being in nature is, is a helpful thing to build into your life so you have some tranquility built in. But it would be slowing down, pausing, taking a breath, taking a breath. Wow, you know, how am I feeling right now about what my partner just said or or that, that something didn't feel quite right. Something felt not good about that interaction. What, what was it? And, so, and you, you might start to get in touch with the feelings. Yeah, I felt sad that I, I, didn't, I didn't really feel heard and understood. Or, or you know, maybe feel afraid. Like, boy, is this relationship going to work out? Am I going to get my needs met? It brought up some fear. So to be able to notice that. And then when you have a sense of what you're feeling, you can go to your partner and you can share that. So, you know, I felt some, I felt sad in that last interaction. I didn't feel really understood. Maybe I didn't express myself really clearly. Because that often happens too. We think we're being very clear, but maybe we said something that was critical, judgmental, blaming, or shaming of the other person. Maybe that's why they didn't hear us. So it takes a lot of responsibility to look at our part. It's so easy to blame the other person, but we have to slow down, you know, maybe use some method like, NVC, are you familiar with that? Nonviolent communication mm -hmm. by Marshall Rosenberg. That's a wonderful approach to communication. But before we can communicate, we need to know what we're experiencing. Otherwise, we're going to communicate only on the surface level. And sometimes what we communicate is our judgments. 
So it takes slowing down, going inside, connecting to our felt experience. You know, I, I use a method a lot called focusing that Eugene Genlin developed through research at the University of Chicago. It's, it's just very simple. He found that when clients were slowing down, connecting with their feelings, speaking from their experience, those were the clients who made the most progress in psychotherapy. People that were kind of in their heads, speaking, telling a lot of stories, just analyzing things, they, they didn't make as much progress. So it's, he kind of developed it into steps that people can learn to just really slow down, get connected to what you're feeling, connected to the term he uses is the felt sense, connecting to your felt sense of things. So felt sense is a kind of a combination of feelings, sensations in your body, and some sense of meaning. So it might be something like, you know, when you said that to me, my stomach got really tight and it brought up some fear that we're just not communicating really well and I'm feeling kind of lonely and distant and it makes me really sad. That might be an example. And then just give your partner a little chance to let that in. It really takes two people. You know, you can do your best at this, but if you, if you need a partner who's also kind of working on this, it really helps a lot. So if your partner can hear that and let that in, not get defensive, just really listen so, oh, well, gee, that makes me sad to hear that you're feeling lonely. You know, tell me more. What's what's happening for you? What, what you need from me or what you're not getting from me? It's so powerful if you can have a non-defensive conversation with your partner or, or even with a friend if you're having struggles with a friend. It's all really great stuff. And I love how you said we need to know what we're experiencing before we can communicate. And it's so true because so many times we're going – with our gut emotional reaction and mm. you're not in touch with your feelings as, as funny and non-intuitive as that sounds. It's like your emotions are taking control and it's, it's another person almost. And you really need to take that pause to get in touch with what your feelings are before you communicate. Yeah. Because most of the time <laughs> I think we're communicating on that at, at that different level of just surface level, not very deep initial reaction. Um, so you mentioned meditation as a good way to, to get that pause. Can you get maybe specific? Some people may struggle with, with meditation practices or maybe they're doing it and, and they're worried they're not doing it right. What, what's the best way for someone just coming at this from, from never having practice mindfulness uh, to get into it and, and begin a, this practice? Well, you might want to first, you know, look at some books by people like Jack Cornfield, Tara Brock. She's written some wonderful books and just kind of get a lay of the land, how meditation can be helpful. It might be motivating. And then there are centers in various parts of the country. Like near me, there's the Spirit Rock Meditation Center that Jack Cornfield is, is an important part of. And people can, you know, look for classes, maybe learn some. I, I like Vipassana meditation. Vipassana just means seeing things clearly. So it's a method where you slow down, you just notice your breath, just as it is. You don't control your breath. Breathing in, breathing out. When you're breathing in, you know you're breathing in. You feel the sensations. You feel your abdomen rising. When you're breathing out, you notice your abdomen contracting and and you just stay close to your body, stay in your body. Gradually, the mind begins to slow down. You begin to find a little quiet, a little peace in yourself. And it's from that place of peace that you have more access to your feelings. And uh, to follow up on something you just said, it's having access to our feelings in a, with, with a certain kind of equanimity 
that gives you a chance to respond rather than react. Like you said it very well, Chase, that we, we often have these reactive emotions. And what we want to try to do is, is respond instead of just reacting. Because when we react, what probably happened is we're in the fight-flight response. You know, the, the amygdala, that part of our brain that scans for danger, gets angry. Or we shut down, we withdraw to stay safe. Or we freeze up inside. So we go into the fight-flight-freeze response that's been wired into us for, for millions of years. It's, it's wired into life forms, all life forms for them to survive. They have to be vigilant and look for danger, otherwise they're not going to survive. So we've kind of inherited this tendency, thankfully, because it helps us survive, but it also gets in our way when it comes to relationships. So we need to bring in some other piece, which is this practice of whatever, focusing, meditation, Art, whatever helps people find some resource in themselves, helps them relax, helps them connect in a deeper way. And that from that foundation, intimate relationships can really flourish. You mentioned in the second step to go out to nature or to take a walk. And Chase and I have always said that whenever we're going on a hike or we're taking a walk, we it's almost a, a sense of meditation in that we feel connected to ourselves and, and the nature outside more. Is that, would you recommend that as a good step for helping somebody to start their path of meditation if they're not able to go to a center or haven't found a book, maybe going out in nature and exploring that? Yes, it's, it's, it's a wonderful practice if you're near the water or near a park or near some trees or just walking around the block looking at gardens that your neighbors might have and i don't mean like if you're having a fight or an argument to go out and say hey wait a minute i'm going to take a walk and then just kind of forget about communicating in the relationship but, but i think what we're talking about is kind of building it into your life so yeah times during your life if you don't want to you know practice meditation or tai chi or something that helps you slow down maybe yoga yeah, go out in nature, take a walk. Just notice yourself walking, stay in your body. What does it feel like to, to be a being who's walking, who's, who's in this miracle that we call our human body? It's such a miracle. And walking and noticing that we have the gift of sight. We can see these beautiful things that we often don't see clearly, the trees, the wind blowing the leaves. I'm looking at looking outside right now, looking at the, the leaves blowing in the wind. It's just, uh, it's just beautiful and it can give you a sense of peace and what's meaningful and what's important in life are these, these beautiful, miraculous things all around us. So tuning into that more can really fill, can really be a resource for us, can really fill us and give us some sense of meaning and aliveness. It's such an important thing. And, and like I mentioned, probably now more than ever with busier lives and 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 social media and everything is just kind of all consuming and we get wrapped up in it and don't take that time to pause and breathe or get outside and get in nature. So I would encourage our listeners, take a walk, even if you feel like you're not having problems necessarily and just, or take a couple breaths right now as you're listening to, to this podcast, just a couple big deep breaths is it's really amazing. And, and physiologically, there's things going on that your brain chemistry is changing and and you are going to be a better person for it and your relationships are going to improve. Yeah, there's a lot of research on this stuff, that yoga, meditation, it, it really helps with immune functioning, finding more inner peace. 
And I think it's very helpful for our relationships as well. Now, you mentioned earlier in the interview developing mature love, and, and this mindfulness practice uh, seems to be definitely a way to help develop that. But can you talk about what mature love looks like and, and how someone can strive for that? Sure, yeah. I contrast it with what I call young love, which is what you were talking about earlier in terms of what the media teaches us, like we live happily ever after or you know, in young love, we think there shouldn't be any conflict, for example. But in mature love, we realize that even the best relationships are going to have conflict. There's going to be times where trust gets broken. But the good news is we can repair it. So there's always going to be a process of rupture and repair. Trust is going to get broken. There's going to be real and real or imagined fears that come up in us. Like we often we project things too on our part and we have imagined fears that a person doesn't love us or like us or they did something because they hate us or something. So, yeah, to slow down, to realize, okay, this, this, this hurts, there's some pain here, there's some conflict here, and that's okay. That's part of every relationship. So just work with it in a skillful, skillful way. I mean, I mean, just, I don't want to make it oversimplify that it's easy, but we have to find a way to accommodate conflict and not avoid it and, and work with it. Um, and relationships make us more, it, it's not like a, we're looking to be rescued by the relationship too. In young love, we say, I can't live without you. In mature love, we say, life is richer with you. So we're coming from a base of feeling kind of okay within ourselves. We have practices, we have things we're doing in our life that fulfill us. And then the relationship is is beautiful. It's like icing on the cake. It's, it enhances the, the good feeling that we're cultivating already within ourselves. I, I love that definition. And, and you saying young love is I can't live without you. I just, to me, like a pop song lyric just popped into my head. Not not anything in specific, but that could be one. And that's just an example of of how it's kind of drilled into our, our brains from from pop culture and, and society that this young love I, idealistic view and that's just not the reality and and that's not in a negative sense of saying hey wake up it's not all but it's the truth and sometimes the truth needs to be heard when when all these misinformation is is out there so that's why we love kind of helping people realize it's okay that you're having conflict in the relationship because that's normal. And then giving the tools and having the tools like mindfulness practice to deal with the conflict when it comes is important. Right. I'll give you a couple more. Yeah. In young love, we're blinded by the light, but in mature love, we have to learn how to dance in the light and the darkness. So we have to include the shadow. And in young Young love, we think love is enough. You know, love should be enough to make this work. But in mature love, we say love. I, I would say love is a good start. Like if you feel you love somebody, I mean that's a really great start. But it takes it needs to be workable too. It takes two people willing to work on this. So just because you love somebody, if people fall in love, you know the oxytocin, the, the love hormone begins to flow, especially if you have sex quickly in a relationship. And that love feeling, that in love feeling can override really seeing clearly who this other person is. So it takes time to know a person, how you interact with each other and how you communicate with each other. Your 
commonalities or your your capacity to communicate your your true feelings. All that takes time, so don't rush. Take your time, get to know somebody. It could blossom into a beautiful relationship, and love is a, is a great start, but it takes more than love. All these song lyrics are just blinded by the light. That's a popular '80s. I can't name the the. Uh, huh the singer but it's just it's so true and and i love those the the dichotomy of of you giving us you know blinded by the light as young love and then we need to sometimes live in the shadows as mature love right and young love yeah young love we seek a perfect partner maybe looking for somebody who's perfect we have this list of things we're looking for and in mature love we know that we choose acceptable limits we might not get absolutely everything we want but there are some things that maybe absolutely need, like maybe good communication. But there are things maybe we'd like to have, prefer to have, but we can live without. And we can get to those things in other relationships maybe. You know, so probably not going to find a perfect person. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll get lucky. But probably there's going to be some limits that we need to accept. Exactly. Now, if someone is listening and they're, they're saying to themselves, uh, I seem to be stuck in a young love mindset, is there – what is maybe the first step that they can take to try to switch towards seeking more mature love in an existing relationship or in one that they are uh, in, in the future? Yeah, well, at the risk of sounding too self-promotional, I'd recommend they do some some reading, not just my book, but you know, The Authentic Heart talks about it in great detail, but there's other good books on relationships too out there. But um, And... Um, and then the actual practice, I think it's a lot of it is finding, developing the capacity to soothe yourself. It's called self-soothing in psychology language. Like sometimes we're not going to get what we want from another person. We, you know, often we have the sense of entitlement. Like you have to, it's your job to give me what I want and what I need. And when our, when we have very low frustration tolerance, when a person's not available in some way, we might get really angry or withdraw or passive aggressive in some way. So we need ways to soothe ourselves and nature, as we were talking about, is one way, meditation, just kind of, you know, in, in this focusing method, it's it's, in, it's a way to be really gentle with our feelings. That's really the key is to notice what we're feeling, be really kind and gentle and friendly toward our inner experience, not judge ourselves, not shame ourselves. That's the other important piece is noticing how shame operates in our life and in our being. Shame is that sense of feeling, what's wrong with me? I'm defective. I'm flawed. Often we grow up with this sense in our society that there's something wrong with me, this feeling of defectiveness. So we need to, I mean, people often use the word, we need to love ourselves. We have to, that expression, you have to love yourself. And it's true, but it's so much easier said than done. But there's a practice to, to be gentle with it. I mean, love yourself means to be gentle with yourself. Take care of yourself emotionally. So both of those pieces are so important to take care of ourselves emotionally, find practices or things that other friendships could be part of it, art, whatever helps us connect. And then the relationship. So we need to learn to kind of soothe ourselves and then we need to relate, to, to connect, to look in someone's eyes, to really be there for each other, be there with each other express our caring, our fondness for each other, how much we enjoy each other, positive expressions with each other. There's all ways to build mature love, not just assume that if a person loves you, they're going to be able to read your mind and give you what you want without you asking for it. 
So it takes communication and patience and and, and, and to nurture this this kind of connection. I love all of this information, John. And before we go to the lasting love round, I just want to encourage our listeners, take a second right now, whether you're in the car, going on a walk, working out, take two deep breaths. And I guarantee you are going to feel better. And that's just a start, but you got to start somewhere. And I love getting in touch with our emotions, improve ourselves, and improve our relationships. So let's move forward to the lasting love round. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Talkspace. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests, but a lot of times to really see change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's one word, and you will get $30 off your first month. That helps the podcast, it helps us, and it's going to help you. So again, that's Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's I-D-O, and you will get a $30 discount on your first month, and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? One thing people can do or practice. Okay, that's a good question. Well, I think we covered breathing. (laughs) That's a really good one. I'm glad you guys brought that up. So I'd say that's the first one is breathing, staying in our body. But another one would be taking time during your day and just maybe asking yourself, where am I right now? How am I feeling right now? And what am I feeling? Am I feeling pretty good? Some sense of well-being inside or what's going on in my body? Like is my shoulders tense? Is my stomach tight? Just kind of do a body scan, a body check. And if your, your stomach's tight, just kind of notice that. Maybe you can kind of soften your belly a little bit or maybe you get a sense of maybe something happening that's happening in your life, maybe something in your relationship. So mindfulness is an overused word too, but it's an important one. It's, it's being aware of what's happening somatically, what's happening in your body. And it's very important too for people who are on a spiritual path because a lot of times people will use spirituality to kind of bypass their emotions and their feelings instead of using spirituality to go into their feelings. You know, feelings aren't something to avoid. Feelings are how life speaks to us. And I I wrote a whole book about this, too, called Dancing with Fire, A Mindful Way to Loving Relationships. It's my my latest book. And it's I spent 10 years writing it, trying to be very careful because there's lots of pitfalls on the spiritual path. And if we can if we can see relationships as a spiritual path, it's very powerful that we can learn about ourselves through the relationship. We can learn about our blind spots, our dark areas. And. and it's very powerful to 
use meditation not to avoid relationships where we go to our meditation cushion every time there's a conflict, but instead we use meditation or inner work to say, well, to inquire into what we're feeling. Well, gee, what's going on with me? Why did I want to get away from my partner? Why did I shut down when we're having that discussion? Well, it brought up fear. It brought up shame, maybe. You know, my stomach got really tight. Well, we can go back to our partner and say, you know, I'm sorry I left the room. I was just so, my stomach was feeling so tight and I was feeling so disconnected. I didn't want to say anything to make the relationship work worse. And so I tend to shut down when I'm afraid I'm going to make things worse. I'm sorry. You know, let's, let's talk again. So it takes a lot of awareness, a lot of courage to say those things. So yeah, it takes awareness, it takes mindfulness, it takes courage. Well, we love those recommendations and the books that you author, Dancing with Fire and The Authentic Heart, will be on your show notes page on our website, idopodcast.com, in the archives, and listeners can find it there. Now, are there any other books or resources you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Well, I'll just mention my, my third book is called Love and Betrayal. If anyone's going through a betrayal, I would really recommend that. I put a lot of time into that. Um, I would recommend... All the Jack Cornfield's books are great. Tara Brock's book is really great. Her book is called um, Radical Acceptance. And then she wrote another one called True Refuge. And those are really great books. And she does a lot of work with relationships also. If you go to her website, you can find her website. You can see a lot of uh, <clears throat> great stuff that she's, she's she has podcasts, I'm sure, YouTube videos. And, and some of them are about relationships. I recommend that. John Wellwood's, written, John Wellwood's written some good books on relationships. All of his books are great. Um, yeah, Harville Hendricks. So much to read. People could go, also go on Psychology Today and find my blogs. I have a blog site there. And you can read my articles for free. If you just Google Psychology Today blogs and my name, John Amadeo, all my blogs will come up. My column is called Spirituality. <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's called Intimacy, A Path Toward Spirituality. Great. Well, we'll have those links on our on your show notes page on our website as well. So our listeners can go there and check out all those great resources. And there's a book attached too, by the way, it's just called Attached. And that's a great book on different attachment styles people have. It's by Levine and Heller. And that's really helpful to see what kind of attachment style we have. Some people are avoidantly attached. They kind of move away from relationships. What we want to do is try to be securely attached with each other, cultivating a secure attachment. And some people are anxiously attached, like they're always worried that, that, that you don't really love me. If you're looking around the room, they'll think you're looking at another man or a woman. People get very anxious that they're going to lose the bond. So it's good to know that and just be like, yeah, I have an anxious attachment style. I tend to think the worst. I tend to be afraid that we're going to lose the connection. And you can take responsibility for that and kind of work with that, not just think your partner's crazy or your partner doesn't let, love you or like you or want to be with you. So it's helpful to be aware of you know, different kind of, you know, by the word attachment, we mean bonding. We mean love, a love connection. The word in psychology, is, it's called attachment theory, a whole school of psychology based upon how not only children need healthy attachment with their parents, but as adults, we need healthy attachment too, healthy connection. So, you know, whereas in Buddhism, people think suffering is created by too much attachment. In my view, and, and why I talk about it in Dancing with Fire, suffering is created by not being attached enough. And by attachment, again, I mean connected. We, don't, we need to connect. Suffering is caused by lack of connection, not by too much attachment. 
And we need to find skillful ways to engage with ourselves and with each other so we can develop healthy connections, healthy connection with ourselves, with others, and with life itself. I talk about those three parts in Dancing with Fire, being connected to yourself, being connected to the other, and being connected to nature or life. Those are three those three things work together very well. And we need all three pieces. We often talk about attachment, attachment theories on this podcast with our therapists. And it really has made me become more aware as a parent and how I'm parenting and, and with our daughter, Stella, and trying to create a secure attachment with her. And I'm sure that, you know, by doing that, hopefully she won't have attachment issues growing up, but, um, it's just something to always be aware of and something I'm sure you can implement in all relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of simple on one level, you know, we all want to be understood. We want eye contact. We want to be seen, we want people to be kind to us. We need a lot of kindness and patience and people being interested in us, you know, as being interested in what we're experiencing. But there's so much loneliness in our society. It's so sad. I, you know, as a therapist, I see this all the time. People feel so in, disconnected and lonely and either depressed or anxious as a result. And we need to, and we need to find a bridge to each other's worlds by knowing ourselves and what we're experiencing and being able to let our inner beauty come out more and being able to share our feelings with each other and understand each other. You know, if we want to be understood, a good way to practice is to try to understand others, inquire about their life, about what's happening with them and show genuine interest in them because we want people to be interested in us, right? So we can give what we want. That's a good general principle. Well, we've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Ah, advice to newlyweds. Well, it's important to have, there's two things that come to mind. One is enjoy your, you know, do things you enjoy together. That builds the connection. And let yourself be affected by each other's feelings. When you're sharing your feelings, your needs, really let that in, really take it seriously. And talk about what's going on in the relationship. You know, don't be too afraid of avoiding and topics that might be a little, you know, a little touchy. If you, if, if you have to find a balance. Some people overly process things in relationship, like they're kind of, you know, maybe we call process junkies. They're always wanting to talk about every little detail of where they feel a little bit hurt or a little bit angry. That's one extreme. The other extreme is avoiding talking about what's happening in the relationship. So there needs to be some middle path where you can talk about things, you know, maybe once a week have a processing time where you check in, well, how, how are we doing together? Anything you want to tell me? So things don't build up then. Anything that I do anything or say anything that was hurtful during this past week. And you can kind of share that with each other with a spirit of great respect and kindness with each other and, and not getting defensive, just really hearing each other and knowing that that's a gift. If your partner says something to you like, oh, you know, when you said such and such, it hurt my feelings a little bit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Or, but, you know, I get defensive. But just be able to clear those things, you know, so they don't build up because that's what I see a lot in therapy is, these little hurts and gradually build up. And before you know it, after years, the, the wall of hurt and resentment gets built up and, and there's a lot of distance created. So you know, learn to talk about things in a gentle, respectful, kind way so that they can get cleared and you can come back to your beautiful being and connect with the beautiful being of the other person. So those things don't have to contaminate the connection. 
What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Yeah, that's really a good one. Uh, I would do things where you're living your life without a relationship. I mean, you can be happy without being in a partnership. You know, find venues where you, both you might meet people and that you might enjoy, whether it's some art venue or music venue or, or just, you know, just stay alert, just stay open. And you might meet people in the grocery store or wherever. You never know. So you know, find things, you know, cultivate your interests, whether it's gardening or spiritual practice or get involved maybe with a meditation group or Tai Chi class or yoga class, <clears throat> you know, places where you can work on your own personal growth and find things that nurture you and that are resources for you. And, and you might meet people at the same time and be patient, be in there for the long haul. Don't get too discouraged. It can be very discouraging when you're dating and it doesn't work out. You got to meet a lot of people before you find someone who might be a potential match for you. So that's just to build that into it. You know, you're probably going to meet many people, maybe through dating sites or whatever, where it doesn't click, so, but don't give up, you know, just keep, and develop friendships. That's another key part. You know, really nurture your friendships. That can be a huge source of satisfaction. Awesome. Well, John, we've really enjoyed having you on the show. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, you can go to my website, www.johnamadeo.com, J-O-H-N-A-M-O-D-E-O.com. You can find me there. You can see my books there too or you can find my books on Amazon and you can as I said you can go to my Psychology Today blog site if you just Google best way to get there just Google Psychology Today blogs John Amadeo and you can find me there and um, you know you can read the reviews of my book see if it speaks to you or not and really wish everybody well really appreciate everybody who's been listening and you know we're, we're all in this together and we can help each other and support each other it's a be great to cultivate a larger sense of community. So I really appreciate the work you guys are doing to help build community and educate people and bring people together. It's such a great service. Thanks for doing what you do. Well, thank you so much. And it's been great having you on the show. And thanks again for taking the time. My pleasure. All the best to you and everyone. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter.